welcome to Long Distance Listening, a music podcast. Hello and welcome to Long Distance Listening. I am Andrew. What's up, Nate? Welcome back. This is episode two. So if we, if we didn't scare you away with episode one, maybe you're listening to the second podcast. Why are you still here? If we don't scare you with episode two, we promise <laughs> to do it in episode three. Um, we really Guaranteed. don't want people listening to more than one podcast. Uh, that's our goal. So We have a one podcast limit. <laughs> yeah. Nate, how you doing? I'm doing well. Just excited for a mic check, you know, yep. excited to mic check, one, two, three, mic check. Just excited to get these mics working and yeah. uh, into the podcast. How, yeah. how are you doing? As how's you know, Andrew? How's life treating you? How is life treating me? Well, we've been buying new mics between every episode. That way, mic check. We're really just checking these mics for the first time, and it's taking an emotional toll on me. Uh-huh. So I would yeah. say I'm in a very dark place right now. I understand that, yeah. and you know what you need to do with this darkness. What you just need to like harvest and contain it all inside and just keep it there for as long as possible okay yeah yeah yeah. that's the end goal forever is the end goal just keep it there just contain it that's that's how i handle all my darkness that sounds really good this might just turn into a counseling podcast just dropping some great knowledge Yes. Andrew's um, brother is a counselor. A good one? I don't know. Uh, we don't know. That's, we should test him. We should. Podcast. Sometime we, we will bring Dan onto the podcast to give like counseling advice and then we'll just roast him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should have a new segment where we rate counselors. <laughs> like counselors give us a session and then straight up to their face. Like, We're like, I'd give that like a six out of ten. Yeah, I think <laughs> and make him best. think it's his fault. Be like, I was doing fine until this <laughs> interview. (laughs) All right, let's get started. Welcome to Spammer Jam. Uh, We have three songs that are current and hip on the radio charts, and we are going to tell you whether we think they're duds or thebomb.com. If you haven't heard this podcast already, I'll give Andrew a song and we will ask, is this song spam or jam? So the first song is Florida Georgia Line Simple. Mm-hmm. Is this spam or jam? It is spam. Um, I want to say that you can just put my vote down for any Florida Georgia Line song we ever do to be spam. <laughs> but I did my due diligence. Those who know me know that country is not my favorite. And so mm-hmm. I was like, okay, no, I'm really going to go into this. I'm going to listen to this. And hey, if it's good. It's good. Like, that's fine. Yep. I can give it How noble a jam. Of you. It was not good. <laughs> I could probably spend an hour roasting it. Here are my quick roasts uh, for the song to prove my point of spam before Nate tells you it's a jam. The first thing I hated is just this podcast because of this song. Because if it wasn't for this podcast, I wouldn't have had to listen to the song. <laughs> so that was that was one of the biggest problems I had is that we're doing this podcast and I had to listen to the song. Otherwise, Funny. I probably never would have heard the song. It sounds like a song that was written in 10 minutes. Like mm-hmm. it really like listen to it and tell me that you couldn't write the song in 10 minutes. It's about <laughs> every generic thought ever put together in one song especially lyrically but also musically there is nothing special about the song uh nothing kind of 
that I was listening, I was like, oh, that's cool that they did that. The most unique thing about the song is the thing I might have hated most, which is spelling out stupid words. You don't have to spell out the word simple. It's a simple word. You don't have to go S-I-M-P-L-E. That was awful. I don't really like songs that spell out words in general. It's just kind of a thing. And I just felt like that was the laziest thing that you could do, that you chose a word and you're like, well, we could spell it out here. We'll talk about that here. And like, it literally sounds like it was a brainstorming session that no one was thinking clearly. And they're like, yeah, this was great. I have no clue who likes this song to be able to go, yeah, this should be charting up real high. So any listener that likes this song, I'm sorry, you have to explain to me what it is about (laughs) the song that you like. I sometimes can understand liking country. I'm not just like all country is evil and terrible. But if I liked country, I feel like I'd still hate this song. Like it's just (laughs) not good. Nate, what are your thoughts? I'll give you my take with a little less animosity. I'd say it is spam as well. So I chose the three tracks for Spam or Jam. I literally just saw Florida Georgia Line's name and I was like, yes, we are putting this on the list. And the reason why is because I despise Florida Georgia Line and think they suck. And was just like, you know what? Let's have a place where I can just verbalize how much I hate Florida Georgia Line. Mm -hmm. But honestly, I realized as I was listening to you, my hate for them just like pales in comparison to yours. Maybe. I'm just going to give your take my check of approval. I guess what all I'm trying to say is I purposely chose this song even before listening to Mm -hmm. it, knowing that it would be spam and awful so well thank you for making me listen to it nate that makes me really happy <laughs> i didn't mean to do that but now in the future first You're spammer just... <laughs> jam i'm gonna include as many florida georgia line songs as possible oh thank you so the second track is uh by the band five seconds of summer and it's called young blood andrew no matter how much you dislike this song i'm guessing it you like it more than the last yes I cannot name off the top of my head a song that I hate more currently. (laughs) Five Seconds of Summer, Youngblood. Actually, for all of these spammers, I hadn't heard any of these songs. So I think that's good to just like when I went into this, I was thinking through Spammer Jam. There's not really anything special about Youngblood to me. The only thing that I kind of felt was like special and unique is his his voice cracks a bit in the chorus when he gets really into it vocally. I do like his voice. So there's nothing special. And so my initial thought is like, oh, this has to be spam. But this song got stuck in my head and I was kind of jamming to it. So I'm going to give it, it's it's a light jam. It's like a diet light jam. jam. Um, <laughs> it's like, a diet it, jam. it doesn't pack the same punch, but like, it's it's a jam comparatively. And maybe this is because I listened to it after Florida Georgia Line that, again, oh, yeah. maybe no, it's all definitely. skewed. But I'm going to say jam. What are your thoughts, Nate? I didn't think it was awful, but I didn't think it was good. It was like as I was listening to Florida Georgia Line, I was like, oh, this song is as like bad as it can be. Yeah. Let me find a song that's like as down the middle as it can be. And so it's just like if this song came on the radio... I would not change the channel. But if I heard it twice in the same day on the radio, I would change the channel. That's a good it's point. Just, that That's just like my my personal opinion. That's exactly not, it. Not a lover, not a mm-hmm. hater, 
you know, if five seconds of summer is your thing, go for it. Yeah. But just nothing really uh, stuck out to me. Now, the last track by Khalid and Normani, I hope I'm pronouncing Normani right, is Love Lies. Uh, What are your thoughts on this track? Okay, so my wife has gotten me into Khalid a lot. Khalid has uh, the best voice like ever it's amazing he oh, he he statement. really like mumbles a lot when he sings but there's something about it that just like oh it's so good so i love khalid's voice but i'm actually saying this is spam only because i i thought that the song was predictable and boring i honestly couldn't sing or tell you any part of the song and i listened to it like yesterday so mm-hmm. i feel like that's close enough in time for young blood and unfortunately simple i remember more than i do for love lies so i just feel like it's kind of forgettable there's nothing wrong with the voices even normani has a very good voice and their voices mesh really well together so yeah. from that aspect it's good but i do think if i'm just judging the song i feel like it's a, a poorly written song i just i don't love it so i'm saying spam that might be the only time i ever give khalid spam uh, how about you nate so i've i mean i've known who khalid is for the past year or so because yeah. didn't he come out with that full length last year mm-hmm. yep. i don't know what it's called so i've like known of him but sure. i've never really listened to him and so when i saw uh this track on the top 40 i was like oh let me try this out and you know i just think it was like kind of similar to you where you listen to florida georgia line you're like oh this is so bad mm-hmm. and then for me i listened to young blood and was like uh oh, this is like so mediocre mm-hmm. to me love lies like stuck out like a little bit more i yeah. thought the, ca- the chorus was like a little bit catchier and just stuck with me a little more also i just think like it had a bit more like swagger than the other two songs mm. like because florida georgia line was cringy mm. and five seconds of summer was very like teeny yeah like i felt like i was like had to be a 14 year old to like love it this felt like a little bit more mature and something that was a little bit more uh, palatable so i'm gonna give it a diet nice (laughs) i love that for our next segment we have chime in and this week's chime in is gonna be based around religious themes and content in quote-unquote non-religious music. Now, this is a interesting uh, title for a theme, but basically just some of the questions we're going to be asking are what makes certain music or certain songs religious? What makes them non-religious? Is there such a thing as either of those? Can certain songs be sacrilegious? Why do people use religious imagery? Um, and then some other questions we might get into. And I feel like this will be an interesting conversation. Andrew and I are by no means experts, but this is a helpful time for us to process through and think through these subjects and just get our thoughts out of our head and kind of challenge one another and how we think. The first question I want to ask you is what makes music or certain songs religious mm-hmm. versus, I guess, quote unquote, non-religious songs? Or is there such a thing as either? I think I was looking at kind of the difference of, yeah, what makes something religious and what makes it not religious. And so my thought is something that would make it religious would be if it reflects or expresses the views and opinions of that specific religion. So something that's maybe tied to a religion, it doesn't really matter what religion specifically, but it's 
it's kind of expressing the views or opinions of that religion and that people of that same religion would be able to understand more what the artist is speaking uh, in the lyrics. That doesn't mean that you won't be able to get something out of it if you don't share that religion. You might even, because of your own religion or lack thereof, interpret the lyrics differently than the author of the song was trying if it at all kind of lines up with a religion that's kind of my thought of what makes a song religious how about you nate yeah i definitely agree with a lot of that i think for me too it's like i believe that everybody worships something and that doesn't necessarily mean like you identify with being a part of this religion or that religion or if you don't believe in God that you're this person or that person but at the same time I believe that we all like I said we all worship something and so for me that's kind of religious where it's like the point of religion I think is to both worship and be in relationship with God but you can truly worship yourself you can worship a certain lifestyle uh, your job and so for me it's more like what you worship impacts how you write and less oh this music is religious because god is mentioned or this music is non-religious because god isn't mentioned it's more just like overall who you worship and what you worship yeah just is the framework for how you write and also how you listen so like i've approached certain songs that i don't think were necessarily meant to be heard with religious connotations that Mm -hmm. I've listened to in a way where I feel like I can find God in that song or I feel like maybe even certain songs that are meant to be like religious and I don't find God in that song. I know you've probably heard certain songs that are quote unquote Christian songs or whatever, but they feel so uninspired and so lacking any type of genuinity that it feels fake and it's like oh this isn't the type of worship that i want to be involved in our second question i think adds a little bit more context and light to this so based off of our opinions can certain songs or lyrics be sacrilegious i think yes now i do think that depending on the listener if they're a religious person and they're listening to music that was not intended to be religious and someone's talking about uh, like i'll just give an example so if a guy is talking about sleeping with a girl in the song but for some reason you were thinking they were talking about the love between god and them (laughs) and they're like oh this person's saying that they want to sleep with god (laughs) <laughs> that's kind of yo that's bad that's kind of sacrilegious <laughs> so so i think you can actually make something sound sacrilegious that the author's going no that uh, you're just taking it completely different than what i meant yeah. but what i would say is that if you are messing with the fundamentals of a religion especially on purpose if you're trying for a song to be listened to by a specific religious audience and then you're changing the fundamentals of that belief, I think that's where things get sacrilegious. I think you bring up a really interesting point. Like, oh, if I'm an atheist, is being an atheist in and of itself sacrilegious to a Christian or a maybe even a Muslim or someone who's Jewish? Is that in and of itself like sacrilegious? Or should it just be viewed as like, oh, this is somebody who 
is of a different religion, a different mindset, a different belief than you. And so I would tend to say that the type of sac religiousness, which is definitely not a word that <laughs> I would really have more of a problem with is like when your religion, whatever that is, is used as a metaphor for something that's like really inappropriate. So I said before in our uh, last top three that there's this album I love by this band uh, years and years and it's like they talk about love and passion in a way that's like religious so mm. like some of the song names are like hallelujah and it's like get on your knees and pray and just like certain idioms and like things where it's like oh that's like really inappropriate just the content itself and then attaching religious imagery to it makes it worse to me so I kind of feel uncomfortable with that. And yet I think the reason why people do that is because religious imagery can be really powerful too and mm -hmm. express like extreme devotion. So like I understand why somebody would use it. I don't think necessarily that all people who use religion in a way I find to be sacrilegious, I don't think it's always out of spite or out of just trying to make people who believe in that religion pissed off. Mm. I think it can also be like, oh, these are very powerful metaphors. Let's use them in the ways that we want to use them. And yeah. then other people who actually follow the religion or whatever feel like, oh, wow, this is definitely like inappropriate and out of yeah. bounds for me. I think also just about being sacrilegious or whatever, I do think what's sacrilegious is sacrilegious to the person that offends yes. a lot of the times. So like I could say something that, I don't find to be sacrilegious yeah. and somebody of a different religion could be like, oh, wow, that was totally out of bounds, totally yep. disrespectful. Even like I know that some people don't even think like you should like say the name God because his name is like so holy or so reverent. So just me saying God is like sacrilegious to this person. It can be very tricky, very messy. And you need to be aware that just because you're offended doesn't mean that the person saying it meant any offense. And also you need to be aware too that like, yeah, I might want to say this in this way, but like, is it worth possibly offending somebody? Yep. And sometimes, you know, who cares? It is worth it. Um, but in other times, you know, you want to be uh, respectful or yeah. whatever. One more question. Does having uh, religious content and non-religious music create bridges for religious people to listen to non-religious music? If a song by a person that's not religious, does having religious lyrics in it make a religious person feel like they're able to connect more or understand more? What are your thoughts personally on this, Andrew? Having religious content in non-religious music that can create bridges, in my opinion, for people who wouldn't maybe listen to religious music that's marketed to just people who are that same religion. And so what I mean by that is there is a whole music industry that's the Christian music industry that's basically Christian music for Christians. And if you're not a Christian, you're not going to listen to that music. And I think they're fully aware of that. I don't know if they are or not, but that's how they've marketed it. It's basically like to get you pumped up in your own religion. But then there's a lot of bands that 
as much as they're Christians, they don't want to be a part of that music industry. U2 would be one of the better examples of that. You could listen to every U2 album and maybe not know that that Bono or any of them are are Christians and writing from that place. But I think Mm -hmm. that a lot of the stuff that Bono specifically writes about comes from a religious place because he is a Christian. And so it can kind of create a bridge of, hey, he's writing about this. This sounds different. This sounds hopeful. This sounds whatever. And it can create bridges for someone to understand the religion better or to maybe break away the the facade of what religious music is as well. Yeah, definitely. And not just like, oh, just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you have to be a part of the Christian music industry and write music just for Christians. You can write just really honest lyrics about anything, but your religion then is coming through and how you're handling situations or how you view hardships in your life or whatever it is. So that's just an example that I have. What are your thoughts on this, Nate? Yeah, so I'll attack kind of like the other angle of that. Like, I feel like there's certain music that I assume is non-religious, even if it has certain religious imagery. I think like Kendrick Lamar's album, like Damn is a good example. Yeah. Where it's like, Oh, Kendrick Lamar, he's not a Christian. He's rapping about blah, blah, blah. But he has like a lot of religious imagery. And then you realize through listening through it a little bit more intensely and then uh, like hearing certain interviews, like I believe that he claims to be a Christian. And it's like, I have no idea if he's a Christian or not. But it's funny how like I pegged him to be not a Christian and then he could be. And so like I think sometimes we label people as like religious or not religious when they could be all over the spectrum and there could be people writing like heavily religious music that don't believe in God because like they've left that religion but they grew up in it and once were a practicer and like whatever and you're like oh this is Christian music or this is whatever music but it's not and then there could be somebody who's like not including God in their lyrics at all or has some references and you just think they're throwing it in for throwing it in sake but it's like oh they're actually like struggling or searching or like trying to figure it out and I mm-hmm. think we kind of get in dangerous places labeling people, especially when we don't have a relationship with them. What I think I should be doing in these types of situations when I'm not sure of whether they're a Christian or not, or whether they follow my religion or not, is I should be asking, oh, what can I get out of this music? And just try and get it out of the music. Stop worrying whether they exactly identify the same as you or not. Try and find beauty. Try and find God. Try and find love. Try try and find hope in all music. And honestly, if you can't find it there it's like probably just like not worth listening to it i just think it's really tough trying to pigeonhole certain artists or certain songs christians should be listening to a lot of music that's not quote-unquote christian and people who aren't religious at all i personally believe should be listening to music that's religious as well because i feel like we can all grow and learn from one another so that's our chimed in section. Feel free to write very offensive tweets to Andrew and I about our religious views and how much you hate them and how much you hate us. We'd very much appreciate that. And we will gladly listen to you and not uh, hate you for doing that. Alright, we are now in top 
three, uh, we decided to tell you our top three fall albums. These are the top three albums that we recommend you listen to during the fall. These are great albums to listen to in any season, but we do believe that there's something just special about listening to them with the leaves changing colors. There's kind of this weird thing of like the summer's kind of ending, so there's like a death of that season, but there's such vibrance and beauty and life also in the fall, and so these are albums that maybe add color and has more complexity than just a summer pop album or a winter a winter like i'm so depressed yeah just like metal in the winter (laughs) just like straight death metal talking about death yeah that's what everyone does in the winter they just listen to death metal but not the fall the fall we have a variety so nate how about you start us out with your number three album that you would listen to in the fall yeah sure so it's hard for me to to really rank these Mm -hmm. so my number one will be my number one but these second and third are just interchangeable so i'm gonna say keep you by pianos become the teeth pianos become the teeth is kind of like alternative somewhat post-hardcore band And this record is like interesting. It's like very slow and heavy. I mean, instrumentally heavy. It's also lyrically heavy. But like when I think of heaviness in music, I usually think of like fast breakdowns or just like whatever. I don't think of this like their music is very drawn out. It's like very stretched out. I can't describe it any better than that but this album is basically about the lead singer um it's about his father's passing and Mm. just dealing with the grief and trying to understand it and process it and also cope and live without his father Mm -hmm. and um, it's just like a very sad and emotional record and sometimes that's just like fall is such a conducive time for that but also i just remember vividly like having somewhat of a hard time during one uh fall and i think it was a year it it came out and uh i was having a hard fall and we were driving on a soccer trip to new york and we were driving through upstate new york and it was just like miles and miles of beautiful red trees and just like like you were talking about the colors changing like Mm -hmm. everything was so beautiful i was just like listening to this album and just like processing everything and it was just like a very vivid moment that i still have just like this album really sticks with me even to Mm -hmm. today so i highly recommend listening to it if you haven't already what about you andrew the number three album i have here is paper out their album the piece of wild things this album is an incredible album in fall it actually to me just encompasses kind of fall the colors that are there it's probably my transition from summer to fall since it's slightly poppier which i always think of pop as like summer and it's not as complex as a fall album that i always picture as well it's a mixture of both and this album i could listen to in any season but again i think it is best in the fall um check it out if you haven't listened to paper route and even if you have listened to paper route i think of all the paper route albums this is one that actually feels the best for fall they have every album feels a little different but this is the one that like if you're going to listen to a paper route album in the fall this is the one that i highly suggest that you listen to all right nate 
number two. So my number two, I like this album definitely clearly more than the last album. When I was talking about rankings, it was more just about like their place in the fall, I guess. But this album is The Things We Think We're Missing Mm. by Balance and Composure. This is honestly a top 10 album of all time for me. It's just like banger after banger after banger. They're in a similar genre as Pianos Become the Teeth, but um, Balance on this album is a I mean, they still definitely have their slower songs, but it's a a lot more upbeat and heavier. The instrumentals on this album are like second to none. It's just like amazing instrumental after amazing instrumental, like great vocals to sing along to. I went to one of their shows. This is like a great band to go see live, which if you haven't already, I'm sorry. Just like because of the type of record it is. And it's a long album. It's 13 tracks and almost 15 minutes. But, you know, like some albums like that feel like, oh, when is this going to end? Like when this album ends, you're like, no, mm. I'm so mad just because it's it's honestly like a masterpiece. And I'm like yeah. not talking it up. It's just like so dang good. All right. What about you, Andrew? My number two album is Manchester Orchestra, A Black Mile to the Surface. What? Yeah. I love that album. It is such a good album. And as we were going through, I decided to listen again just because I was trying to really narrow this thing down. When I listened to it again, I was like, this album is perfect for fall. Oh, Even just look at so the cover. Good. Just look at the album cover. Yeah, and definitely. And that already speaks fall. And then just listen to the music, his voice, everything about the album, the instrumentation. This is the more complex side of fall. The rawness of the album, I think, is also what draws me to the fall. There's just something about like it's not overproduced it's not insanely layered or anything like that it's it's raw and it's amazing so manchester orchestra black mile to the surface one of the best albums of last year Definitely. and one of my favorite albums maybe of all time i mean it's, Dude, what a good album it's a great album so good check pick, it out Andrew. and check it out in the fall so if you didn't think I agreed with Andrew enough on his Manchester pick. Andrew, I think we're going to agree even more on this pick. I Why think is that? so. Well, we wrote up our own lists separately. And then before we were recording, um, we couldn't help but tell each other what our first one was. We didn't actually know the other albums, but we did tell each other what our top album was and uh it just happened to be the same album (laughs) so if you don't listen to this album this fall you are really missing out you're dead to us (laughs) you're dead to us don't listen to the podcast anymore because we won't agree on anything we we agree sometimes not like every time but this just kind of showed like okay yeah we should be doing a podcast together because we have the exact same thought with this so nate i'll let you introduce this but uh, what is the album to listen to in the fall okay so the album is everything feels better now by from indian lakes Mm -hmm. and from indian lakes is my favorite band ever Mm -hmm. definitely i'm speaking on andrew's half behalf uh one of andrew's favorite bands as well and this album came out in the fall of 2016 and i actually went to the i don't they didn't have like an album release show they were playing in boston the night that the album was released Mm. 
And so I went to that show and they played a lot of songs from this. And what's funny for me is I listened to this album a lot in that fall simply because they're my favorite band. Yeah. And I didn't love it. I mean, I just like didn't really like it because it's very different than their past stuff. It's not wicked different, but it's different enough that it threw it threw me for a loop. But around late December and into the new year, Mm -hmm. my eyes were just like open to it. And it was like, oh, my gosh, this is like such a beautiful album. But what's crazy is like whenever I think of listening to it or listen to it, I still think of back in the fall when I didn't love it, but it was still like my soundtrack for the fall because I played it so many dang times. Mm-hmm. I probably listened to it like above 50 times in mm-hmm. the fall. It, it was at least daily. Well, this is a good example of one of our listening parties that we talked about. Their album before this, Absent mm-hmm. Sounds, we were in my room and album came out. We listened to the whole thing uh, straight through together, like one song at a time with lyrics, exactly what we're doing here. Uh, but we were in person for that one. We weren't able to do the exact same thing um, for this album, but we did the cl- next closest thing. So Nate had already listened to the album and I was kind of waiting. He was coming in that weekend. And so I waited. He got here and I let him show me the album and we were just listening through like the first time and he was just showing me some of the songs. I didn't have the lyrics. That's the big difference, but just showing me mm-hmm. some of it. And like, I think my reaction was different than Nate's, which is I heard the complexity of the instruments and I went, I'm going to love this album. Like, yeah, it, it, it's it was a little different for sure than some of their other stuff. And I think I was actually in probably faster because I even think when Nate was telling me, he's like, it's really good. Every time I listen to it, he listened to it like four times by the time we listened together. And he was saying every time I listen to it, it's getting better and better. And so I was listening. I was like, dude, this album's pretty sweet. And so he ended up leaving. I listened to the whole thing myself, lyrics, everything, the whole nine. And it was an incredible listen, as they always are. They're one of the best bands, if not the best band, to do listening parties with. Definitely. Just because every aspect of their music is so thought out, from the lyrics to like the smallest addition musically that they'll layer in. Everything is so, so thought through and it is just so fall i I don't know how to say it any other way i listen to the album year round but like i'll listen to it probably honestly five different times at least this fall just because it's an album i'll keep going back to during the fall definitely check it out i knew you had liked it after we had listened to it but I remember I was visiting, I was at Dan's house Mm -hmm. and you and Amy were there, but somehow this album came up and this was at a point where like my other friend who really likes from Indian Lakes, Kevin, he hadn't like gotten into the album yet. Yeah. So like I kind of felt like alone in my deep love for them. Like I knew you liked this album, but like I didn't know that you loved it to the extent that I did. And so I remember somehow it was brought up in conversation and you you and Amy both were like, oh, I love that album. And I was just like freaking out so happy that like we had this like shared love for this album. And that's how I feel right now. (laughs) Yep. It was a great thing when this album came out. I was starting to freak out about it. And when I freaked out about music i show my wife and because i freak out about music a lot she puts up with me showing her so much and this was actually an album that when i showed her she's like oh 
was pretty cool. And she'd kind of passively liked From Indian Lakes, but like this is her From Indian Lakes album. Like, yeah, and definitely. she'll listen to it herself. It's actually become one of those go-to albums of any road trip that we're just scrolling through. And I mean, I would say Amy probably plays this album in our car more than I even do. And yeah. I'm not complaining. It's a great go-to album. Again, any time. I think any season too, because I remember like listening in the winter and like, oh, this is this is perfect with snow around and stuff. <laughs> I just think it's a perfect album. It's so good. But man. it is so good in the fall. Welcome to our listening party. We are listening to the album Saved by the band Now Now. I'm going to give a little bit of context to this album. So I presented this album to Nate. And how we do this is we give each other a week to listen to the album to start forming some opinions. But then we we listen to the album together, make sure that we have same opinions, anything that changes. And then we just kind of go for it each song by song you can pause the podcast to listen to the song yourself that way you can be in the same conversation that we have Uh, when i presented this album to nate a week ago uh, we had a good conversation about now now and uh, nate likes old now now and i just got into now now on their new album so i'm gonna give a little context to uh now now and what they have been like as a band and then we'll when are you gonna give that context like right now like right now now you're like (laughs) (laughs) so now now was formed roughly in 2003 uh they were formed by classmates casey dalliger and bradley hale they met in high school started this band the band name now now was an inside joke resulting from a typo in an online chat so you can get the idea of how long ago this is that they called it online chat as well no one uses that (laughs) phrase anymore they formed their band they released some eps some cds their big hit was the album threads that came out in march of 2012 that album had a lot of success led to late night with jimmy fallon the to write love on her arms heavy and light tour Uh, they opened for the naked and famous and fun there was a lot of success that album is like an alternative rock album i would Mm -hmm. say and after that album and touring for that album they basically went dark no one heard from them for a few years in 2014 they mentioned that they were writing a new album no one heard from them the rest of the year 2015 they didn't tour they were supposed to be at 2016 and 2017 south by southwest festival and they canceled both of those and then in may of 2017 the band deleted everything that they'd had previously and rebranded themselves also in may they released the first single sgl which is the first track of this new album they completely rebranded and they changed their style to sound very poppy in comparison to what they were before one of their original members left the band leaving just the two just leaving bradley hale and casey dalliger um i'm not sure if i'm saying that last name correct so Nate got into the album Threads, which was more alternative rock. I presented the album Saved, which is very poppy in comparison. I'm sure between both of those albums, 
you as listeners would be able to enjoy one, if not both of them. They're both very good albums. I've now gone back to Threads, and I think I'm kind of with Nate. I think I do enjoy the style of Threads a little bit more, but we're actually going to talk about Save today. So you can go back and listen to that. We're going to jump in to the first track here. So the first track is a track SGL. You can go ahead and pause the podcast now, and we'll talk about it in a minute. Nate. So the first track is SGL. What are your thoughts? This song for me has like a really cool balance of old now now and the new direction they're going. The certain vocal cadences she does, Casey does on this track are like definitely reminiscent of Threads for me. My favorite part of the song is the instrumental right Mm -hmm. after the uh, repetition of the bridge. It's just like really sick. I think it really tied the song together nicely and was like my favorite part of Threads was the instrumentals that they had on that album. Very similar to Balance and Composure, what I talked about from my top three, in the sense that the instrumentals like really make the songs so awesome. And so it was really cool that that was still present. And then, yeah, overall, lyrically, the whole track Shotgun Lover, it's like, think of how many cool moments you have with somebody riding in the car um and just like all the good memories you have and everything but really overall i feel like this is like a sentiment of wanting to give that other person full control like be in the driver's seat and her kind of like taking the back seat because she's just so committed to them and stuff and i just thought it was like an interesting metaphor on that type of relationship so what were your thoughts andrew yeah the song sgl stands for shotgun lover and yeah it basically lyrics are speaking about yeah being in love with someone who's basically already in a relationship and she's kind of coming from it from the standpoint of believing that they would make a great couple and that they shouldn't just be friends so i think a lot of people can understand those lyrics and everything with that i think musically it's not laid back as in quiet but it's chill as in it's not aggressive or anything but it's also raw at that same time as far as if as the album goes on it can get more produced than this so this is maybe one of the more raw tracks there's a synth lead line in the song that i really like i think in general and this might just be in general for the album but definitely with this song there's elements of lord in it a little bit that was my first thought when i was listening to now now is like there's just elements of lord not at all like i don't feel like they're trying to sound like lord or anything Mm -hmm. but i was showing a friend of mine this album and he mentioned he's like oh it kind of sounds like lord so i just felt like the fact that i thought it my friend thought it that that was worth bringing up we're gonna listen to the track mj and then we'll talk about it That was the song MJ. Nate, what were your thoughts? This was the second single. No, no, no. 
This was the third, the third single, single yep. that they released. Comparing it directly with SGL, I felt like SGL was like an interesting balance of their old and new sound. It's like, oh, it still has some of those like alternative influences, not even like instrumentally, because like it's like an acoustic and a synthesizer yeah. and the drums. It's not like electric guitars, yeah. but like overall, the feel still felt very similar. This track, it was like, oh, this is like pop, but. I, I think this is just like such a catchy track. Mm-hmm. I went on a, a run this week and this song was stuck in my head the whole run. Yeah. And like I couldn't get it out of my head because it's just so catchy. And I also thought the lyrics are very interesting. Just yeah. like she was kind of talking about someone who she shared this connection with who they like shared this love for Michael Jackson and kind yeah. of like person used it as like a way to connect with her. But then she found out that that person left her to be with somebody else and yeah. used Michael Jackson as a connection <laughs> for them. So yeah. just like feeling like betrayed, but also like having a love for Michael Jackson. And I think she said, like, I read something where she said this song is also her venting to Michael Jackson situation, which I thought was really interesting. Yep. Yeah, I had the whole thing about Casey venting to Michael Jackson as well. Some other thoughts that I had, I think you can hear a little bit of influence from Michael Jackson in the song, just in the vocal editing a little bit. Kind of sounds like even some of the reverbs they are using maybe somewhat similar uh, to what Michael Jackson used in his music. My favorite part of the song from a musical standpoint is the background vocals. They kind of pitch down Casey's vocals as if they're like a deeper, almost a guy. But I think what they might even be going for with that is her just like personal demons a little bit. Just repeating what she's saying kind of in the background. It has a really, really cool sound. So if you didn't notice it, definitely check it out again. When you notice it, it's super prevalent. But I didn't notice it the first like four or five times I heard this song. So it is easy enough to miss in my opinion. Yeah, that's the last thoughts I have with this. We're going to listen to Can't Help Myself and then we'll talk about it. What did you think about track three? So this was definitely a song that the first time I listened through the album, I was like, oh, that was cool. But like definitely wasn't as good as the singles. But honestly, this is like one of my favorite songs now. It's like very atmospheric and the chorus is just really catchy. I feel like it's a good combination of being like atmospheric, but also Mm -hmm. having like strong structure and like lyrically. I feel like you touched upon this in SGL and then also like it's throughout the rest of the album it's like this desire to be with someone who Mm -hmm. like doesn't want to be with them or can't be with them and just like for her it's like she's like i can't help myself like i just want to be with you so that was what i got from the lyrics i find beauty in that even though it can also be very unhealthy it's just like finding the balance but anyways what are your thoughts you already touched on the lyrics of this song which is basically yeah wanting to be with someone but realizing it's not really gonna work that is the theme kind of of most of the lyrics on the album i think you also kind of touched on this but like musically the best part of this i think is the overall production of the song Mm -hmm. the tone choices and everything from the beginning synth pad sound that they use i actually really like that they layer every effect in 
the song masterfully. And I agree with you. First listen, I thought it was an okay song. The more I've listened, this has probably been the song that's like gone from worst to first like fastest for me as far as just like not that it was bad the first lesson but i do think it's grown on me more than any other track on the album it's a really strong track the next track is az standing for arizona and we'll talk about it in a minute was a track arizona track number four on the album nate what were your thoughts the first time i heard this song was actually live at a now now show and so they were playing a lot of their old tracks with some of these new tracks i think it was last year and this song i think you you know what the first time you hear a song by a band you really like how you have these expectations so i had expectations for their new stuff and sgl had already come out and i had really liked it but this was before arizona was released and it just felt like so repetitive that was like all i heard like i didn't like hear the verses i didn't hear anything and i still think it's like a little too repetitive but overall it's like a lot better than i remembered it live i think it like grows on you and also i just really like how it develops into the the end like the instrumental at the end Mm -hmm. i think is really cool and i i going back to production honestly the production is one of the biggest strengths on this album it's just like the production of the song makes it a lot more palatable a lot more listenable and i i do like this song so yeah your thoughts i think my favorite part there's a synth bass part that comes in right before repeating the chorus it's like a minute and a half in it's really yeah exactly exactly that thing's really cool i don't know it's super simple but like somehow when it got to that part that's actually where i was like ooh, that was like a cool musical choice because i think you're right the song can be repetitive but i think yeah it definitely grows on you the more you listen to it I love just the raw bass and electric in this song, how they mesh together. This is probably the closest to like a like raw band song. I think it's a great track. I really enjoy it. All right, we're going to move on to track five. This track is called Window, and we'll talk about it in a minute. What were your thoughts on Window? So for me, I compare this song very similarly to Can't Help Myself, but I just feel like it was like a little bit less of an effective version of it. I felt like the overall feel and style was like very similar, but it just didn't hit me the same. I don't think the chorus was quite as catchy and the vibe and the atmosphere didn't like stand out really as much. But like, I really, really, really like Can't Help Myself and I like this like less, but I still really like it. This was like a good track but there's nothing to like write home about in the sure. grand scheme of the album for me i'm actually gonna disagree with you only uh i actually like this one more than can't have myself and i'll explain it a little bit so the song the lyrics are basically about wanting to connect on a personal level the relationship is surfacy and nice but it doesn't really have that depth 
Uh, she doesn't feel like the person's kind of letting her in. It just mm-hmm. feels like they're doing all these nice things, but they're not actually letting her into their lives, into their heart. And I think musically, this song actually reflects that a little bit. The reverb is a very spacey kind of cavernous reverb they use on the vocals and the drums, and it kind of adds musical depth to the song Mm -hmm. but what it really does is it kind of gives that sense of emptiness a little bit as much as musically it's not empty the reverb gives it that almost like there's so much space to be filled that's not so to me i think the actual music flows so well with the lyrics that that's why i like it so much i I think everything fits together really well this is just a personal thought but i do like it a whole lot definitely more i think than you did and it's probably for some of those reasons all right let's move on to track six the next track is holy water Nate, what were your thoughts on Holy Water? This track definitely, the way I listened to it is like impacted by the conversation we had earlier about like religion and religious imagery and stuff. This is another song that's grown on me. The first time I listened to the album, I got through Window. So I got through the first five tracks and I was like feeling really good about the album. I was like, oh, I really like all five of these tracks, even though some I like better than others. Like I'm feeling really great about the album. And then it got to song six and I was like, oh, this song is just like such a letdown for me. Yeah. And honestly, I don't know if I finished listening to the album because I just like almost gave up on it. And mm. I mean, that's like such a bad way to listen to albums, not yeah. like giving the full thing a chance. I was just like kind of with the whole sound change and everything. It was like, oh, this isn't going to be as good as threads. And mm-hmm. just like, I don't know. I was just trying to figure out how to cope with it and how to listen and stuff. But that being said, I think the song has just like really grown on me. I think the chorus is just like really catchy. Yeah, I like the song. I would not say it's the strongest track on it. I do like there's a synth lead in the later choruses. That's really cool. Her voice stands out as just really good it's good in every track i think her voice just fits the style really well i enjoy it but i I know where you're saying it's it's not the strongest track and also bear with the album i think there's some extremely strong tracks after this as well so we'll move on to track seven the track is named yours and we'll talk about it in a minute So I I can't wait to give my opinion, but I would love to hear yours first. You beat me to it. Uh, sorry. I was going to say, I, I wasn't going to do mine in a grammatically correct way, though. I was going to be like, what's yours opinion? <laughs> that would have been I, I, much funnier. Yeah. But anyways, you beat me to it. I'm not going to give you that detailed of a description. To me, this is just one of their most impressive songs mm-hmm. because it's like a straight up pop hit, yeah. but it 
it's so original. The melody she chooses to sing, the way she, everything comes together, the instrumentation. I mean, this is just like such a banger. Lyrically, the song's kind of talking about like this inevitable love, like... Mm-hmm. And it's one of the more hopeful songs on the track for her yeah. where like it constantly feels like this love is out of reach. But in this song, she's like, I'm going to be yours. Like yeah. there's nothing that's stopping uh, this from happening. So I like the change of pace lyrically, yeah. too. But I mean, this song is just so dang good. I love it. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Yeah, you covered lyrically what I was going to say, which is basically trying to get someone's attention. They're not responding, but she is just very positive that it's going to work. And I think musically it reflects that because this is the happiest sounding track on the album, which you can kind of look at that situation of I'm not with someone and I want to be from a very sad place. And there's times in this album that I think that's how it's approached. But this is basically instead of being like, I'm not with them and I want to be and I'm sad about it. It's I'm not with them and I will be and I'm happy that I will be. And so it is the happiest sounding track the whole song has a really great vibe to it. Just like it's hard to not vibe along with it. My favorite parts, there's accented electric guitar chords in the chorus. And it just, it sounds awesome. I think it adds a musical layer to it that's unique. It hadn't showed up yet in this album. And I really enjoy it. I think it's definitely one of the stronger tracks. All right, we will move on. Track eight is saved and we'll talk about it. Right, Nate, what was your thought on Saved? So Andrew and I kind of, uh, from a lyric standpoint, I feel, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like one of the our favorite like Mumford and Sons things is that like on every album, it feels like they always say the F word like in one song, but it's always like really well placed Yep, and like well executed and honestly i'm not gonna pretend like this was like a genius use of it but i like really liked her use of the f word in this track i think it hits a lot harder Mm -hmm. when you use it sparingly and it's really just talking about i mean for me it's talking about how like she really wanted to be with this person but they like screwed her over Mm -hmm. so hard that she felt saved by this person Mm -hmm. in reality because she knew she couldn't not pursue them and not want to be with them unless they were like such an a-hole that Mm -hmm. she couldn't help but not want to be with them it's like such an interesting way of looking at it because usually i feel like my natural reaction would be like oh you like screwed me you killed me you like sent me to hell you like whatever but she's like you saved me from all the future hurt and damage that you would have caused me by just being a jerk now so i mean i thought it was very interesting and this i mean i've said this about a lot of tracks i might keep saying it in some tracks just another song that grew a lot on me with each listen I mean, I think this is such a cool song. Yeah. I think the way that at certain parts of the song, it feels like there's like very little instrumentation and mm-hmm. then it like 
in the chorus it just like really becomes really full and really tight and i don't know i just really like this song yeah i think just overall with this album first listen or at first glance this might just seem like a pop album and that's all it is and you Mm -hmm. can enjoy just a pop album but there is more to this album than just a pop album there's a lot more to it than that and i think that's why some of these tracks grow on you so Mm -hmm. much is that you listen and you go you know this isn't just standard pop there's more thought put into it than a lot more from a musical standpoint like if this is a pop album this is one of the best pop albums just from a pop standpoint and so i agree this song also grew on me i think my favorite part is just the tagline or whatever that line is the oh my god i'm saved part yeah it's super catchy gets stuck in my head yeah. all the time and i mean you spoke about the lyrics it's the perfect kind of i'm relieved that we aren't in this relationship anymore <laughs> and i'm glad that we broke up so it's not your standard like we broke up and i'm sad about it it's actually like realizing we broke up and i'm so glad we did and it makes us a very um relatable track for a lot of people just glad that a relationship didn't work out where you maybe didn't see when you were in the relationship the problems but then when you kind of take a step back when you're not in that relationship you go wow they really screwed me over and i'm really glad i'm not in that relationship anymore all right we are going to move on to track nine track nine is called know me and we'll talk about it in a minute What were your thoughts on track nine, No Me? So this is like by far the most simplistic song on the album. And I can't even describe like what it sounds. It's like not pop. It's like, it's almost like for some reason, I think of like a, a soundtrack. Like, mm. it's like at a certain part in a movie, like, just like the, da, 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 like the yeah. main, like, thing. It's just like something's happening and I'm like watching it and I'm like, I think of it less of a song and more of like an accompan- accompaniment. Yeah. Or I can't even say that word, accompaniment. I mean, I thought it's a smooth song. Mm-hmm. It it doesn't really hit that hard for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm never like walled by this, but it's like soft and nice and mm-hmm. I enjoy it. And I think the vocal effects on like the, I can't sing this part, but it's like, like that weird part they have is like, I think that's like really cool and adds some like, uh, something to hold on to yep. in the song where it feels like the most of the instrumentals are washing over you mm-hmm. but that like vocal thing like really stands out so yep. I thought it's a nice track what you were saying that vocal synthesizer part that that is my favorite part of this song so we agree there that it's something a little bit more unique the song lyrically is basically thinking about how a relationship with someone that doesn't know her would have worked. So it's basically like, if you would only know me, like that's all she's asking is just like, if you knew me, this would work. And so kind of fits some of the lyrical things that she's touched on before, but just in a slightly different way. I agree. This is a nice track. Doesn't stand out to me in the grand scheme of things, Mm -hmm. but 
Also, when there's 12 tracks, all I need is, like, most of them to be good. It, anything more than 10, I give you grace for, like, a song yeah. or two just being okay, in my yeah. opinion. And this would be one of those songs. If there was only 10 songs, then I'd feel like I'm really yeah. missing out on something. But Unless it's, like, a 24-track album, then it's, like... <laughs> then they all have to be good. They, yeah. <laughs> if there's one bad song on this, I'm yeah. not listening. <laughs> yeah. All right, we will move on to song 10, track called Drive. All right, Nate, what were your thoughts on song 10? So when I knew that we were gonna review this or not review but just talk about this album and listen to it together i uh i listened to it in the car with tori we were going out to chick-fil-a i remember just like the two songs before it saved and know me at this time i like listened to them but i didn't really like focus on them and then when this song came on it just like grabbed me a little bit more and it's become definitely one of my favorite tracks i mean it's like really emotional i don't know it's like i can imagine i mean i know it's called drive but driving with the windows down late at night after like some type of heartbreak or after like something's gone wrong in a relationship and just totally being grabbed by it i don't know i just think it's like really paints a picture and it's just like just really a great song yeah I think this might be one of her more personal songs to me. I I feel like I got more emotion out of the lyrics than even some of the others. I really enjoy the lyrics of this song. She kind of wants a relationship to work and knows that it won't. And it's kind of grappling with all of those emotions at the same time and just like going for a drive. I think musically, the drums are actually my favorite part of this song. The drums pocket that they have is really tight. So that is my favorite part. And it also creates that sense of movement, which is perfect for this track. All right, let's move on to track 11, track called Set It Free. What are your thoughts on Set It Free? For me, this is probably the most filler track for me. So like, I wouldn't have a problem if Now Now set this song free mm-hmm. from the album. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, what I was going to say, though, really was what's crazy about it is it feels like the most unneeded track on the album for me. That and Know Me, both those tracks, they feel like the least needed. But that being said, it's like still a decent track and I like still like it. So it's like I'm glad it's on the album and like I like listening to it. But just compared to the rest, I think it kind of pales in comparison. But I like the pre-chorus where it kind of for me, it shows like a little bit of growth um, where she says, but if you say you're gone... I'll let it be mm-hmm. and hope you change your mind about me rather than like forcing somebody <laughs> to change their mind about yeah. her and being very aggressive. She is kind of like, I'll let you go and mm-hmm. like, let you come back to me if you want to. And I feel like it's like a step for her and moving on. It's yeah. still not like, Hey, I'm just over this. I'm fine without you. I don't need you. But it's also not like, Hey, I know for sure you'll, you'll want me and it will be fine. Yeah. So I thought it was, 
shows like a different side of her and it I, I appreciate it. What are your thoughts? Yeah, you touch exactly on lyrically what I was going to say. I actually, I do appreciate kind of where she comes at the song from lyrically. I thought that was really good. Musically, the song is more like full band pop even like country elements in there as well i actually do once again really like the drums specifically in the verses the groove in the verses is really cool yeah no i i think the track's good i don't know if i dislike it as much as as nate does but i also it's it's not the strongest of them yeah it's good all right we're gonna move on to the next song it is the track called powder and we'll talk about it in one minute about the song powder honestly so what i wrote down i think this song is a blessing and a curse for this album now that's a very interesting way of phrasing it the reason why i say that is i think this song showed how amazing of a pop song they can make while still being very out of the box in mm-hmm. certain portions and very dynamic like the ending of the song yeah. is just like crazy yeah weak, really cool and like it doesn't fully bum me out but it kind of bums me out that's why i said disappointment or whatever i said because to me this song showed that this album could have been that much more like groundbreaking but i mean this song is just so good i think it's just one of the catchiest songs again great vocal edits i I just love this song so much it's so good i agree i think it's similar to what we talked about last week with s carrie i think this song could almost only be the closer only because of the crazy turn that it takes halfway through goes really dark. I'm actually going to read what I found as far as lyrics and what they're saying. I'm actually going to just read it because I think it's really well stated. So let me read that. So in Powder, the album's closer, Casey characterizes her love as intense and passionate, yet a feeling of quiet uneasiness pervades the song, suggesting that underneath the dreamy exterior, her love is turbulent and dangerous. I think the track actually follows those lyrics. If you kind of follow what it's saying, it's talking about her love being intense and passionate and kind of dreamy and fun. And that's almost the beginning, more popular side of it. But yet at the end, it says her love is turbulent and dangerous. And that's when it goes really dark. I think that's what it's trying to say is like there's there's depths to someone's love and there's different music that can kind of bring out that emotion and so Mm -hmm. i think when it goes dark i think that's what it's talking about kind of that turbulent and dangerous love that she kind of feels like she has as part of this as well it definitely takes a super dark turn during the outro which is what i'm calling it but it's a very long outro yeah 
I do love it. I think that's actually my favorite part of it. I love when it goes dark yeah. and kind of crazy, maybe because I like more experimental, weird stuff that this actually just speaks to me, especially after this album, that it feels like something very different. It kind of has that like Hans Zimmer, like heavy bass at the end. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there's some like watery or water-like synths that kind of yeah. sounds like there's a bit of drowning involved yeah. there too. But I think everything added in there, it's kind of crazy. I had not made it to track 12 before the last couple of days I listened to it and I was listening on my home speakers, which have like crazy bass. (laughs) And so I got to this part and like I was listening pretty loud to the rest and then it almost scared me how like (laughs) this dark turn and like the heavy bass. I just thought overall, it's a really cool track. I think one thing too that you mentioned about her take on the lyrics, for me as a listener, that's very important. When I hear her view of love and like how she's loving other people and stuff, I'm like, oh, this is like not that healthy for certain portions. And her recognizing that is very helpful because to me, it turns the album from her validating the way she's loving other people to her more being like vulnerable about herself and how she's being unhealthy, but how she can't help it and how she's struggling with, I don't know. It makes it like a lot more interesting and also personal and just relatable to me than just like, Oh, this is how I'm just going to love people and without any repercussions and blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, that's really cool to hear that because it makes me appreciate the lyrics a lot more. All right. So now is the fun part where we get to rank this album. What we do is each of us take turns. We're going to rank it from one to ten in five different categories. Then we're going to combine our overall scores. Last week, we went through S. Carry. We ended up giving it a total of 93 out of 100. So that equals 9.3 out of a possible 10. For that album, we did kind of give an idea that that might be one of the highest ratings that we might ever give an album. (laughs) So so keep that in mind. But we would also love uh, for you to rate these with us. Tweet us with your rating and let us know if we're off if we're low if we're high your thoughts we'd love to hear from you (laughs) we're definitely high so nate uh the first thing that we're going to judge on this album is instrumentation what do you give that so i give the instrumentation an 8.5 i'm grouping instrumentation and production together even though i know vocals are a part of it too but like the production on this thing is just unreal and i just think the instrumentation is really well utilized because of the production and a lot of the tracks are just very smooth some are dynamic there's Mm -hmm. a good diversity so i give the instrumentation an eight and a half out of ten i just like really dig it yeah i also gave it an 8.5 as well for the exact same reasons that you're saying i think it is really good all their musical choices are great there was nothing that they did that i went hey no that doesn't sound good they should stop using that instrument or or change it up or anything i thought that was really really good sorry if you heard walking around or whatever that was my wife tori she just walked in from work um she'll be executed on the spot for for interrupting our podcast but honestly i don't know if we can afford to execute her andrew because that will cut half our (laughs) (laughs) 
So maybe we'll, this will be one strike. Yep. Okay. Yep. But yep. after three strikes, she's executed. She, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't even know how to recover from that, but we are going to go into vocals. That's the next thing we're ranking. Nate, what are your thoughts on the vocals? For me, like, I've never found her, even on threads, to be a wicked, talented singer. But a couple things I want to say. I think the cadences in which she sings and the melodies that which she sings are usually just spot on, very unique, very interesting. And so she gets major points for that. Also, I never noticed this on threads and maybe they tried to cover it or maybe it wasn't as bad. But on um, Saved, like you notice, and maybe you didn't notice, but I can notice that she has kind of a lisp in like certain things she sings. And my initial reaction was like, oh, I like kind of don't like that because it doesn't sound quote unquote normal but I actually really like that they kept it in and I can hear it in different parts like I really appreciate that she just sings and it is what it is so I give the vocals an 8 yeah, what are your thoughts, Andrew? I gave it an 8.5, same as the instrumentation, only because I did really like the melodies that were chosen. I agree with you. I think the melodies, the cadences, everything she does is really good with it. I have zero problems with her voice. There's there's no time that I'm like, oh, her voice just doesn't sound good here. It sounds great. Mm-hmm. It's, it's part of the overall instrumentation to me, which is why I have them lined up perfectly, because I think her voice, obviously voices are an instrument but it was used as such it's it's just yeah. one of those things so i i really enjoyed the vocals all right let's uh let's talk about lyrics nate uh what are your thoughts on the lyrics honestly my ratings of the lyrics have like really changed where i think i went from initially being like oh these are kind of shallow and desperate and like very desire based to these are very honest and relatable and vulnerable and honestly like when you think about it she comes across in a lot of these songs not as weak but as like unwanted and like that's something that's like i feel like hard to do as an artist to be like yeah i might be this somewhat famous artist but like the person who i love doesn't want me back i don't know i just i thought there was a lot more depth to the lyrics as we talked through it and as i was thinking through it than i originally thought especially when i first listened to the album so i have this as a 7.5 out of 10 i also gave it a 7.5 dang Uh, we're right on i thought overall lyrics were good there was a couple times i was a little confused uh whether it's some of the imagery that she was giving or just overall i was a little confused i did like the openness the vulnerability a couple of the songs felt like they were tackling about the same topic but she did do a good job of changing up the lyrical approach it's not saying the exact same thing again even though you could categorize it as the exact same emotion she did a good job of kind of unpacking the emotion a little bit more through each song so yeah 7.5 the next thing we're going to talk about is the journey and we categorize that as the flow the consistency and the length 
Nate, what were your thoughts on that? I gave that an eight. And the reason why is because if I were to pick my favorite songs, all of my favorite songs are like spread throughout the album. And like, it's not like I can only listen to the first half and then I get bored at the second half or I only listen to the second half. There's also not really any fillers. Like I said, if I had to pick fillers, it would be Know Me or Set It Free. But even then, I think they're also unique and interesting tracks. And I really like the flow of the album. I like like that they have some quicker pace songs mm-hmm. when they need to and then they have slower pace songs in good places yeah. so I mean overall I didn't really have that much of a problem with the flow the length was a tiny bit long I mean but overall for me it's an 8 I'm giving it a 5 and a half Ooh, wow yeah, that's low the lowest. I did think it was a tad long all that being said I appreciate that there's 12 tracks I always think more is better except when I'm talking about it now I'm saying not I think there was a track or two that probably could have been cut and I think that would have improved my score a lot more. The other thing is consistency and I'm not talking musical. I felt like it didn't take me on a journey like from start to end like I hoped it would. Now as we've been unpacking things I think it does a little bit more because you understand it's more her journey and you understand that and so that takes you on kind of her journey really well. But for me I just wasn't able to be on that same exact journey with her maybe it's confusion with some of the lyrics as well that also kind of adds to that and there's a couple things i felt like i wanted to not give it a crazy high score and maybe i'm too low on this but sorry for being lower on that that's my thought we're moving to the last topic which is album artwork nate go ahead and give your thoughts i'm not a huge fan of the album artwork for the most part i think it's just like kind of weird the water whatever that is isn't really clear it's like Mm kind of brown and weird at least that's what tori said to me because my color blindness makes it hard for me to tell (laughs) but either way i could tell it looked weird the necklace it's like what's that necklace Mm -hmm. overall it's just like it doesn't like really stick out to me as an album cover that i really like a lot like i'm like oh i don't like it but i don't hate it at all i give it a six and a half what about you i gave it a five and a half so i am a little lower and i'll explain that i think same as what you said it really doesn't affect the album too much for me i think i was a little lower on artwork last week too artwork is tricky for judging again with these things there's no right or wrong i think it's just how it reaches the individual and when i first showed my wife this album she thought i was showing her another album because of the artwork and that's Harry Styles' self-titled <laughs> album. If you haven't yet, you can check that out. That's actually a pretty good album as well. But go look at the artwork. The artwork is very similar. And I'm not saying that Now Now knew that and was just trying to steal that. But once I knew uh, that Harry Styles, which had come out a while before this album, had mm-hmm. very similar looking overall artwork, it was just really hard for me to look at the album artwork the same way and appreciate mm-hmm. it at all. So that's why I'm a little lower than Nate, just because to me, it feels like it's the same artwork just very slightly different but harry styles there's water involved he doesn't have a shirt on it's a little different than this but he has a (laughs) necklace 
on his back that you can see and the color scheme is about the exact same so I did ding it a little bit more just because I didn't feel like it was extremely unique because of Harry Styles as big as he is if it was just a random other person that I knew I wouldn't even ding them because I'd be like oh yeah there's no way they knew but that album was big enough that I would have wished they would have changed their final artwork to something maybe a little bit more unique that's my only thought all right so I totaled up my five categories and I got a 35.5 Nate got a 38.5 which is kind of funny because again we talked about difference of Nate and I and him initially preferring threads over this and And I still do very much so so if we total up 38.5 and 35.5 if we're good at math that makes it 74 out of a possible 100 which makes our album rating a 7.4 Please tweet us, message us, whatever you can. Let us know your rating for this album. We'd love to hear your ratings. That does it with our listening party and listening to the album Saved by Now Now. (laughs) One more thought. 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 Okay, so this is the time for our encore. I don't know if I have any thoughts. I guess my thought... So Tori and I are going to my cousin's wedding this weekend, and I made a playlist for the drive there, the ride back, and also while we're driving around. And it's just fun to make road trip playlists, I guess. That's my main thing, like make road trip playlists. It's fun. And uh, for our socials, if you want to send me your road trip playlist or complain about this podcast, you can contact me at LDL Nate on Twitter or on our straight up normal Twitter, which is LDL pod or our Instagram, which is LDL pod. We got the market cornered. Yeah, we do. Andrew, where, what's your LDL? My LDL is LDL Andrew. That's oh, my that's Twitter. Yeah, it's uh, we decided to make it easy for you guys. Oh, also, I don't like use Twitter, so no. help me use Twitter, guys. Yeah. Like, reach out to me, and I'll use Twitter. But right now, I just don't use it. Same. I think my last tweet was, like, 2015 when I got married, and I was like, yeah, I'm married. <laughs> and so... <laughs> think that's the last one i have i deleted all my prior tweets and it took me like 30 seconds to delete them because there was like six i don't know i feel like there's not that many but there's probably more than i remember because i remember using twitter at one point in my life so anyways help us out guys we're not with the times yeah andrew what's your one last thought only thing that I can think of is uh, in case of fire, use the stairs. That's good point. Don't use the good. elevator. What about an escalator? Are they stairs? Are they machine? I don't know. If you're going up, that's fine because you're getting <laughs> further away from the fire. Yeah, you rise quicker than the fire. And oxygen is different the higher you go, and fire can't get to higher oxygen levels uh, the higher it is. That's why you don't see clouds on fire. <laughs> 
because, dude, mind blown. That is why you don't see clouds on fire because so, it's the oxygen is too high. So I guess what I should change it to is in case of fire, use stairs going up. Yeah, like just <laughs> as, <laughs> as high as you can get. <laughs> Go as high as you can and escape the fire. You know, as great of advice that is, I feel whenever something like that is said on the podcast, I don't want to be liable. So please don't be. (laughs) But Andrew, you can do that if you'd like. Okay. If Nate has a random special guest next week, you know why. Yeah. Hashtag LDL burned. (laughs) Like cloud nine is lit or something like that. Next week, we have a really unique podcast for you guys. It's going to be our first time where we're actually interviewing the artist. The artist's name is Valley Heart. They're signed to Rise Records, and they're releasing their debut full-length album named Everyone I've Ever Loved. We're going to listen to it. We're going to talk to the lead singer and frontman, Kevin, about the album. Yeah, so join us next week as we talk about Valley Heart's album, Everyone I've Ever Loved. Hey, Tori. You ruined...